Welcome to the Root in the Fountain podcast, a lively conversation about all things prayer. Because as St. John Chrysostom wrote, prayer is the root, the fountain, and mother of all blessings. I'm your host, Veronica Jarski, creator of Paper Dolly and the Invisible Scar Passion Project. And I'm joined by my good friend, Kathy Duffy, author of Everyday Evangelism for Catholics, a practical guide to spreading the faith in a contemporary world, and creator of Kathy Duffy Reviews. In this, our very first episode, we talk about what prayer is, what it isn't, why it matters, and how to overcome challenges to prayer. Welcome, Kathy. I'm really glad to be here with you, Veronica. I'm so excited that we're doing this, and I wanted to share a little bit about why we're doing this. So I was thinking about when we met, and I feel like it was maybe three years ago. I don't remember the year exactly. Sounds about right. But uh, you had the the Faith Questions booth out in the courtyard of our parish, and you've had it for a long time. So uh, if you can share a little bit about what the prayer the Questions booth is, because I think it's very significant to how we ended up doing this podcast. Yeah, the booth started very simple little table setup. People say it looks like the you know like uh, oh Charlie Brown peanuts setup. Uh, is it Lucy? Oh, Lucy. Yes, Lucy. Lucy. Yeah, Lucy at the table. Yes. That's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> and it's actually the brainstorm of a gentleman at our parish. Uh, not my original idea. I don't claim it. But he came up with the idea and he and I started it. And then he had to bail. And so then I continued with it. But uh, we've been doing this for years where we just are available. We're there outside the masses Sunday mornings, available for people who want to pray. Our goal is to pray talk to people, you know, share the gospel if somebody's just got questions, whatever it is, be available. And that's, that's the motivation behind it. It's been amazing. And so you were out there when I started as the, my one year, <laughs> my glorious one year as an RCA director. And I would run out there all the time to ask you questions because everyone kept telling me, oh, you got to ask Kathy. She, you know, she was RCA director and I'm like, Kathy Duffy, I know her. <laughs> well, I know of her. So I would go out there and ask you a bunch of questions, but I think that was, you know, that was the beginning of our talking about different things. And you let me hang out. So I would hang out and listen to what you were saying. Just And it's funny because then a little bit after, you know, that I was praying about prayer, which I was praying about praying with people. And I kept thinking, what, how can I do this? And I just felt really called to do that. And just, I think it was just one day I woke up that Sunday and I thought, I'm going to go ask Kathy. And I remember that I went to you and I said, Kathy, I was thinking about doing like a, a prayer booth or a table or something. And, and I remember you looked so like, you were just like, yes, <laughs> yes, I've been wanting to do that. And I needed someone here. And I was like, yay, <laughs> we have, we have the same idea about getting deeper into prayer with people and, and being available. Yeah. It shifted the direction because we'd been, um, the original impetus was to be available for like apologetics type discussions. And we did some of that when we set up the table. It, the sign for the table said, got faith questions. So yeah. when you wanted to shift to prayer, I was feeling the need to do that too, because the most helpful, most meaningful interactions we had with people when we prayed with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was perfect timing. And we so we started doing that. It was a good time just being there and talking to different people and then talk. I feel like a lot of the conversations I had, yes, we prayed with people and, and, and people shared their stories. But I think also, I feel like I had a lot of conversations about, about prayer. You know, don't forget to, 
this is, I'm so glad we prayed together, to, you know, just reminding people about prayer and to continue praying and, and just having, I think we both had so much of zeal for it that when everything sort of started shutting down, you know, short of like, yeah, yeah go ahead. Well, I was thinking that so many of our encounters with people and we'd ask if we could pray for them. And, you know, people in the Catholic world are used to, oh, I'll pray for you. And then you go do it privately or you say a Hail Mary or whatever. Right. You put them on, you know, the, the yeah. parish prayer list, whatever. Yeah. And we say, no, we want to pray with you now. And we would sometimes say, well, do you want to pray? You know, give people the opportunity and you could see the deer in the headlights that, you know, most Catholics aren't used to praying spontaneously for people. Or in the public, right? In like outside, public, yeah. outside of mass, of course, but they're not used to praying, you know, on a street corner or at a park or, or in the courtyard even. Yeah. But people would come for prayer, desperately in need of prayer. And there's no way I would let them walk away without praying for them. They're, you know, they're in tears or whatever. Oh, we have mm. to pray now. Can we pray now? You know, yeah. so often we're saying that. And yeah, that's so much, so much more effective. So it, it's a way of introducing people to that form of prayer, very real, personal prayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something very, it's gritty, I would say. It's you know, prayer, prayer is very, it's not flowery. It, I mean, it can be, but I feel like prayer is such an earthy thing for us to do. It's something, you know, it's, it's something that we, we're so real when we do it. And I think that's what strikes people when, when you pray yeah. together, you don't, you usually don't have, you know, this whole, I have this beautiful ode inside my head and it all rhymes and it's an epic pentameter and it's going to be the most amazing prayer ever. I've prayed with people and just been, the prayer has been, hi, Lord, <laughs> you know, your sister, you know, Sarah really is in need of a job and please guide her. And just very ordinary, regular words. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, sadly, when the, when we weren't able to do the booth anymore, I just kept thinking, how are we going to share about prayer and pray together and ask for requests? And so that's, I think that's where the idea for this podcast came, just a desire to to do something, to talk about prayer. And I know it's funny when you talk about prayer, there's always someone who goes, well, are we going to pray too? <laughs> like we can't just talk about it. I'm like, well, no, we'll pray at the end, but we definitely need to talk about prayer because it's worthy. I mean, it's people have written about it and there's so many books and so many talks and, and hopefully we can be one, another little candle there. Right. And I think for a lot of people, maybe we can demystify it like you were saying, it's being real, just talking to God. And the more real the prayer is, the more meaningful it is, the more accessible it is to people. Mm -hmm. Because personally, I'd love to see every Catholic equipped and experienced with praying for people spontaneously, you know, wherever they run into them. It shouldn't be just a couple of us in the parish that are willing and able to do that type of prayer. Right. Right. And there's, there's, uh, there are, I think there's more of, there are more and more Catholics who are, well, now everything is a little weird <laughs> with the lockdown and everything, but there, I think there's, you know, there's St. Paul, St. Paul street evangelization. They do a lot of, I follow them on Instagram and I met, uh, one of their, I wasn't, I'm sure. Mission, that missionaries. Yeah. yeah. We met the missionary, John, I have him in my, in my prayer request book. We met him and he just shared it. And I, I think that's so fantastic that they do stuff like that. And, 
you know, and of course, you know, stone, stone to flesh, they do stuff like that too. And there's, I think there's a growing amount of people, but of course, you know, there can't be too many. There, there's nowhere we're going to go, oh, enough people are praying in the streets. We're good. <laughs> yeah. So hence the podcast. Uh, I was thinking one of the things that you, you mentioned is uh, demystifying. And I think what's, what would be helpful to listeners is if you could share a little, about, uh, a little bit about your prayer journey, because I think there's this misconception, this idea that prayer, that just prayer just is, rather than understanding that prayer is something that develops, it grows and sadly enough, it dries up too. So you have to, it's a very, it's a living thing. So, you know, we deepen in it. So if you could just share a little bit about how do you, pray, how did you used to pray? How do you pray now? What, what's yeah. going on, Kathy? How's your prayer life? <laughs> <laughs> I was raised Catholic. Let's get to a little bit about my spiritual journey. I was raised Catholic, uh, went to Catholic schools and the whole thing, learned, you know, learned all the prayers and everything, but we were never taught this type of prayer. And like a, a lot of Catholics, I left in my late teens, you know, left the church and uh, went off, you know, went away from, every, you know, every kind of church for a little while. And then it ended up going back to Catholic church for a short while, but with no real conviction of why I was there. So ended up at a, a Protestant church, Calvary Chapel. And it was at Calvary Chapel that I learned to really pray, sadly. Uh, it's where I learned to love the Bible, too, sadly. Uh, good, good, that good. I learned to love the Bible. <laughs> good that I learned to pray, but it should have happened in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. But it started growing there. And then I came back to the Catholic Church. It was more than 20 years in the Protestant world. Then I came back to the Catholic Church in uh, 1998 long time ago now and you know brought that with me it was by that point very natural for me to pray spontaneously but I was not terribly disciplined in my prayer life and I prayed and because of my years in the Protestant world I was used to praying very personal prayers um, more than more than praying the rosary, more than, you know, formal type prayers, because I'd really developed my prayer life when I was in the Protestant world. It really did influence me. So I have a quick question. Uh, so when you went to, you were, you know, you're raised Catholic, you went to Calvary Chapel, was there, this might just be a, a strange question, but did you have to consciously stop any like Hail Marys because, you know, they have a different, a very, very different view about praying, you know, with Mary and the saints. Was that something that, did you miss those prayers or were they, they not part of your Catholic prayer toolkit at that time? It didn't mean that much to me because, you know, my years in the Catholic world, my mm -hmm. upbringing, my faith was something we did, but it wasn't, was it, it never marked what you're supposed to do more than, you know, mm -hmm. because, oh yeah, this is my connection to God. It, it was, it was not, it wasn't until those years in the Protestant world that it got real for me. Right. So yeah, no, it wasn't, I didn't miss them. Uh, coming back then, you know, I, I grew to appreciate them in a way that I never did when I was young, but I've always retained that um, affinity for that spontaneous personal type of prayer mm -hmm. because of that. So I don't know, you know, mixed blessing there. But um, I prayed frequently, but not consistently at the same time all the time until 
I spent a year going through wonderful training in the Ignatian exercise. This gentleman uh, from church took a small group of us through a very dedicated year of going deep into the Ignatian exercises. And that really helped me develop a consistent discipline that I have not lost. I don't miss a day of prayer. doesn't matter where I am. And sometimes when things are really bad, the prayers are shorter, but they're still every day. There's not yeah. a day that goes by. I've gotten much more disciplined and consistent about my prayer life. So you have a routine now? Well, I have a routine I mean, not that it- of things that I do, and I mix it up some to keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it's not just the Ignatian exercises. That's influenced what I do, but I, I'm not big on journaling. I think we've had that conversation about journaling. <laughs> yes, we have. That would I be write a episode. And the idea of you know doing a lot of journaling in my prayer life just it I don't know just doesn't work as well for me. Although I was doing some journaling last night. Oh, look at you. Yeah, not it's not a regular part of it. Right. So. Yeah, and we can you know we can talk more about what prayer looks like, but that's that's kind of you know, I think developing a consistency is the the main thing. And personally, every person will come up with their own pattern, yeah, for their prayer life and what it looks like. Right. For for me, I think that you know we've talked about this. It's some similar, but to me, I grew up. Uh, I grew up with. My mother was very rote in how she, in how she taught prayers. You know, you have to say that you they, uh, I can't think of it in English. <laughs> the guardian angel prayer. So you have the guardian angel prayer. Obviously, I learned my first prayers in Spanish, and then I learned English. But uh, so it was uh, the guardian angel prayer, and you know the Our Father, the set ones. You know, the Our Father and the Hail Mary, and it was something I was told to do regularly. And we, we didn't pray them regularly. Uh, I would pray that at Catholic school and, but we did always pray. We prayed over dinner. So that was pretty much how it was. I was taught. But was it, was, it bless us the Lord in these uh, gifts at dinner? No, because uh, that's not in English. It's not in English. Oh, it's, it's Spanish. It's, it's not Spanish. Spanish. Okay, but that's yeah. what we grew up with in most Catholics too. Prayer yes. for dinner is always blesses the Lord. You just yes. rattle it off. Da, da, da. <laughs> right, right. To just to throw off. Yeah. So no, it was um, it was a sp- but it was the same prayer, and then at, at some point it changed up a little bit because <laughs> my dad found one of those, uh, you know, the Catholic uh, the candle with the prayer around it. So so it had a, a, di- a dinner prayer. So for like ten years we prayed the same prayer that was wrapped on a on a paper <laughs> around the candle, and yes, yeah, so it was very prayer was at that time when I was growing up it wasn't very uh, it wasn't very active, but I had a really good Catholic school that I went to in, in Pennsylvania and those sisters prayed a lot and they made it seem not like a stagnant thing. They, it was just part of their lives. And I think that's what I, I took from them. They, cause like you could hear them, they would just, you know, they would do their work and they'd always like murmur little prayers, you know, like they're, you know, Oh, let, let this lesson go well, you know, <laughs> or they do something they're like, Oh, like bless the bless little Veronica over there, you know? <laughs> So I would, you know, I was around the uh, people who, sisters who prayed, I think were the sisters of, of St. Joseph. I don't remember exactly um, in Pennsylvania, but they did a really good job, I think, of showing me that prayer is something that just, you know, was always there. 
um, part of your day. And then, of course, you know, my grandmother, who came to visit when I was 10, she came to visit from Argentina and lived with us for a year. And she shared the bed across. So we shared a room. And every night I'd heard her pray the rosary. And so the, re- the rosary... I th- the rosary to me in Spanish is always like, oh, it's so emotional. It's, oh, it gets me right in the heart. My, uh, my dear abuelita, she just, she just loved it so much. And sometimes she's asked me to pray when I just pr- respond. And sometimes she'd ask and I'd be like, if I was in a grumpy mood, no, I don't want to. She's like, okay. But she prayed out loud. So it was there, <laughs> saturated. Yeah. And then, and so then to me, I had, I think a really good foundation in the people, you know, in, in my grandmother and Catholic school. And then and so, and I found God easily when you live in the woods and you go outside and play. And I had a very uh, brutal, emotionally brutal upbringing, but I always found comfort in the prayers and going outside and spending time like with the trees and by the creek. And uh, when I tell my kids that, they're always like, you're not like in the little house on the prairie, are you? We used to go down by the creek and we used to <laughs> pray by the, you know, we had blackberries and, you know, it was very earthy. But then we moved to California and just I didn't go to Catholic school anymore and just my whole circle just vanished and so when I came out here I was 14 and I just my prayer life just dried up because I didn't have that for whatever reason the people I met I didn't meet any Catholics I didn't meet any none of my friends were Catholic and uh and I just sort of I had that habit of still praying to our you know my angel garden angel but nothing so for, I went like that for years. And then later, uh, I, I'm sorry, trying to make this short. <laughs> but then later, I, I just, when I was in, in my 20s, I still, I think because I was, my heart had grown cold towards the Lord, that I wouldn't pray directly to God. This is so funny. It's like, I was afraid of God. So I'm just going to ask his friends. So I wouldn't directly pray to him as much because I thought, oh, he's, you know, he knows that I'm not really feeling it. So I would just, and I guess I was always worried about his disapproval. Um, I'm sure that has in no way any connection to my relationship <laughs> with my family. And uh, so, but I would, I would always pray to my guardian angel, which is funny because I didn't pray to God very much. Then of course, you know, you know, you know that what happened through the course of, of my prayer life is so many different things happened. I had like a conversion when my husband went to RCIA that's a long story, but what happened in prayer, I think it was this deepening of, it was the growth that I experienced, I would say was a, a unmasking. When I was a child, I had a very raw prayer life. And it was, I think that's why I felt so close to God in high school. And in college, I developed like a mask. I had a lot of, you know, I had a lot of hurt. So I had this mask of everything's fine. Everything's great. I, and sort of like make a lot of jokes and stuff. So I had a mask. So of course, when I prayed, I didn't want to let go of my mask. So yeah, my for, you're cool. masking yourself in front of God too. You right, thought. because yeah, I thought. I mean, yeah. don't don't tell God, but you know what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, just kind of hiding it a little bit. But then, you know, to me, when my husband went through RCA, is really when it was there's was unmasking. Like C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters just ripped the mask. It's like that mask was ripped off me. It was set on fire, and I was reminded that Veronica means true picture. So who am I kidding? You know, that's your name is true picture. Why are you being a fake? And so then somewhere my prayers grew, they, my prayers have grown raw and raw. Or is that a word? More raw? <laughs> more. I've been more and more naked in prayer, I guess I would say. And now I think that's the development of a closer relationship with God. I think as you grow in trust and you feel more loved, 
yeah, you keep just you you're like, well, you love me even though you know this. Well, do you love me if this? And of course, you know God knows. Yeah. But I think, but I think you just there's more silence in prayer, and there's more just feeling like I give them all. Like I don't, I tell them everything, and so I think that's the growth of my prayer. You know, has been an unmasking. Yeah, I think that uh, feeling of companionship that God's just there. You know, just it's a comforting presence that. I, di- I didn't feel it when I was young, mm-hmm. but and it developed it developed more over the years. Mm-hmm. So I, I I frequently have this sense just of God smilingly watching me, listening to me. You know, just you know, like sweet grandpa. Just you know, he cares. He's listening. He's sympathetic. He knows so much more than me. You know, while I'm fumbling yeah. around here. Yeah, I don't have fear. I don't at all. It's it's a very comfortable thing. Yeah. It's, and I mean, I think that, that fear is what I think a lot of people, why they don't pray, or at least for me, I was always, I've heard people say, oh, when you pray, it's, you know, just imagine your father. And I'm thinking, well, what happens if you didn't have a great dad? Then you're just like, I, I, I don't want to pray to someone who's going to criticize me for everything I say and, you know, put me down and withhold affection and suddenly just, you know, ignore me for days. It's like, wow, that's, (laughs) That's Not definitely <laughs> like, don't want to hang out with him. I had that fear, but I could see other people, you know, as my husband went through RCA, I saw so many good people and, and broken people, bro- broken people who, who had been healed through God or just accepted that there's some parts of us that are broken. And, you know, what is it? Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So like that hope and they're good people. And I learned from that, that, you know, you can be very raw with God and he's not going to turn away from me. He already knows. I mean, who are we kidding? <laughs> Like, yeah. You know, so. Well, and, and I think that was something I discovered a long time ago that, you know, if we're unhappy about something or we don't understand something, we can tell God we're unhappy and we can complain to Him. He can take it. And yeah. it's much better to complain to Him because He can do something about things. <laughs> you know, we complain to other people, we just make them all miserable too. You know? <laughs> much, much better to take it to God. And yeah, put it where it matters. Yeah, I have um, one of my when my son he you know has back issues and we first it first flared up. He was very mad at God, and I was like, let's pray. And he's like, I don't feel like praying. I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let's you know, do I'm gonna lead? And he's like, fine, fine. So we prayed, and I started off. I'm like, Lord, you know, we're really excuse my language, but I'm like, you know, we're really pissed off. We're really, really mad about this. And it really hurts. And we really don't know what to do about the back. And, and there's, you know, and we know you love us, but we're really confused by why this has happened. And, you know, and we just poured it all out. And, and when we were done, he was like, oh, he was very surprised. Like, we can tell that to God. And I'm like, well, first, it's not like he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no surprises. Yeah, It's not like, you know, God is like, oh, you're mad. Like, he's not... <laughs> And then he, and he's complete love. He can, like you said, he can take it. So it was, I think it was something that really struck him that he can pray like that. And, you know, that year was a really rough year for him. And I, I, and sometimes when we prayed out loud, some of that hurt and anger would come out, but why not? I mean, if you feel it, just go read the book of Job, Uh, you know, that was helpful for me, you know, Job really having this tough conversation with God, God's taking it. Yeah. Oh, it's, so, it's so 
How would you, um, it's funny because we talked about our prayer journey already, but like, how would you, how would you describe prayer? I know there's so many ways to define it, but how would you define it for yourself? You can use a quote if you want or whatever. Yeah, whatever I, just, I, I, I would just keep very simple. It's communication with God, conversation, you know, like we converse with friends. It's our, it's our communication with God. Absolutely important. If we're going to have a relationship with God, there's got to be communication. It can't be arm's distance. I'm going to email you my, you know, my wishes. It has to be personal. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think of it in that way. Yeah, I guess, I guess we could, you know, get into it. There are formal prayers. You could say, you know, the mass is the, you know, the prayer of the church. You know, there are other types of prayer. But in this case, you know, just talking about that, that personal prayer, personal prayer lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's communicating with God. Yeah. Before, um, before we recorded, I was, I went for a walk uh, with my husband and, you know, we talked about, it. I'm like, okay, it's like, how would you define prayer? And he, he said a lot like you, just a conversation. It's a conversation and it has to be a, a regular conversation. You know, he's like, it's not a conversation you have once a year. Hey, it's Check Christmas. It <laughs> it's Christmas. I remember you. It's, like, oh, it's Easter. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Uh, and, and it doesn't preclude praying for the intercession of our Blessed Mother or the saints, because I do that too. Because there are times when you feel an affinity, there's a particular saint, you know, I need, you know, I want to ask for your help. Join me in this one. You know, we're, we're both praying, but I'm asking yeah. for help. I was saying, yeah, you know, I have my, my best friends in prayer. So my M&Ms, Max and Miguel. <laughs> Whenever something's really super important, I tell the kids, all right, I'm going to pray to the M&Ms. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you might, you might want to share who they are, but everybody doesn't know who your M&Ms oh, are. Oh, <laughs> my M&Ms, yeah. And uh, my M&Ms are, yeah, I guess, yeah. So my first M&M is, uh, my M is Maximilian Colby. He is, I, I asked him to adopt me when, uh, when I was 12 years old and I had confirmation at 12. So that's just how we did things in Pennsylvania. And uh, so he, that's when he became my spiritual, my spiritual father. I read somewhere that they used to call it the monks, uh, the, 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 the priest would call him uh, Papa Colby. And so that's how I call him but that doesn't go with an M and M. So it had to be <laughs> so that, and then my, the, my other M is a blessed Miguel pro Miguelito. He's my, he's a Mexican martyr. And I don't know what it says about me that they're both martyrs. <laughs> uh, so it's like, yeah. so yeah, I've learned a lot. So some, that's the thing though, when you, when you, you're having a bad day or complaining, sometimes you have, when I have my M and M's, I'm like, yeah, Okay, so the concentration camp and the Mexican persecu- persecution were maybe a little worse than this. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep it in perspective a little. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I think my definition, you know, is very, of course, you know, it's very similar to yours. It's a, it's a conversation, and uh, you know, in the catechism they say it's a, it's I think it's from Saint Therese. Yeah, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It's a simple look toward towards God. A cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. I was like, wow, that's such a, a beautiful way to say it. I came up with in my how I was trying to define it. Cause then of course on our walk, you know, my husband's like, well, how would you define it? And I'm like, well, I I I would say that to me, it's time spent between the creator and the created. And the way I view it is, you know, the creator, you know, because there's been an unmasking, you know, the creator knows everything about me. He, he loves me despite that. 
he loves me not because of who I am, but because he created me. And, and he also loves me for who I am. But of course, it's, you know, out of love, he created me. And then, you know, and I'm the creature. I like created per child better than the creature. <laughs> I'm, I'm the hobbit he created. <laughs> so, but, you know, and I just, and I, and I need him and he doesn't need me, but there's a comfort that I can, you know, I go to him and he just gives me uh, my sense of purpose, right? Because you're, when you're, the creator knows what you're made for. And I have lost that definition so many times in my life. And I've always gone back to, you know, the Baltimore catechism, you know, I was created to love, serve and know God. That's half of it. I know there's more, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't want to misquote the other half. But so, yeah, it's that, that recognition, because I think, I think sometimes people, and you know, we can talk a little bit about how, how people view prayer as a, like a magic spell or I've known a lot of people and I, you know, I, I have fallen in this a lot um, that he's a, he's like a vending machine and like prayers are like my coins. And if I put the right coins in, I get to, the, uh -huh. get, you know, woohoo, I prayed for this Lord, you know, boom, boom, you know, and then sometimes like, you know, the coins don't work and yeah. <laughs> my snack gets stuck and it's like, well, why is he saying? And, you know, we, we can view God like that and prayers like that. Yeah. It's important to, if you're thinking of a conversation, a conversation isn't one-sided. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation, uh, and that reminds me. You know, just we were having a conversation, you and I, before, and I was mentioning about that. I want there's something I want to do. That's a good oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. You know, how to do it. evangelism. I I've been wanting to do it for months, and I keep feeling stalled out on it. And uh, as I was just praying today, it, it was like I was really hearing God just hold on. You're just trying to push it and it's not the right time. You got too much on your plate. Not not now, you know, not that it's never, but not now. Just let it go for now. Not what I wanted to hear, but in a way it's freeing. Okay, we'll get to it when it's the right time. Waiting's hard. Yeah. <laughs> waiting is so hard especially when when you when you're convinced and and you may be right that it's a good thing but it's just not that moment and I, I sometimes you know I'll, I'll be like but lord if, if this happened you know what could happen this and this and this and this you know because because he doesn't know <laughs> i'm like you know lord i got some plants here's this is a really good plant you're gonna like this one lord if you give the really best good. sales pitch ever you'll get it <laughs> yeah i am in marketing so yeah. i'm like okay this is this is my pitch and the call the action is that you do this uh so and no this doesn't go well and then yeah. of course you know there's always that little you know you have to say this when you pray then you know but thy will be done and yeah. that's you know and then sometimes be like, happy with it. <laughs> that's the tricky part. You're like, that will be done, Lord. And I, I promise I will do my best through your grace to not complain bitterly about it for however long this takes. Or if you say no, yeah, you know, and, uh, it's funny. Cause just even, I was just, I just remembered that this podcast, I've been thinking about doing a prayer podcast for about two years, three years. Mm. And every time I thought about it, I was like, ah, like, I don't know. I want to, but I just, I couldn't figure it out. I didn't want to just be me, you know? And then when I mentioned it to you and you're like, Hey, I'll do that with you. I'm like, Oh, oh. <laughs> maybe this is the time. Yeah. And, um, and your daughter, meanwhile, develops some skills to help us out on the technical end. I tell you, having yeah. a graphic designer is going to be the best. 
keep studying, kid. Uh, (laughs) And so, um, but it's interesting too, though, because I was thinking how you said about waiting. Sometimes when I was laid off um, many, I guess it was many years ago. It doesn't feel like that. But, you know, I, I prayed for a job and I didn't get the quite the right job that I felt would be, it, it wasn't like, um, how do I explain it? So I was laid off and I kept praying every time I had a job interview. I was like, oh, please let this be the one. And I had great job interviews. It, it just went really well. And then I don't know what happened. They just disappeared off the face of the earth. And I would tell the Lord, I would tell the Lord, you know, because me and my plants, Lord, <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe I'm not going to be sad about that one. But this one, this next one's going to be the perfect one. And then, you know, and it happened. And then I had, then I got the job as an RCIA director, you know, and I was thinking this has nothing to do with anything that I do, except, you know, that I'm Catholic and, and a little bit lively about it. And, but I learned so much in that time. And then, and then right when that position faded out and got into another position, you know, I found another job and that other job, I thought this has not, I'm not in the software industry. Why, why am I doing this? And that was a, a huge that was a trial um, in a lot of ways, but I learned so many skills with that. And then now where the job I'm at, I, I've looked back and, and I love my job now. And, and I look back and I think, wow, if I hadn't had those two other jobs, I don't think I would have been as prepared for this job. Yeah. So now, so now I'm like, oh, you know, and, and of course someone always has that cheesy and I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sure it's really meaningful for people, but if I have to hear one more like, oh, it's like the tapestry. Uh, it's like, yeah, I know. There's the threads in the back and the good picture in the front. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, in but. hindsight, we can see how all the pieces come together. But, you know, when you're young or you're in the midst of it, it's really hard to see sometimes. Yeah. But that's, that's when the prayer is really important. And yeah. trust. Yeah. And I had such a, I had such a, well, you knew me, like I had such a miserable, miserable time on so many levels, but wow, that was like the best school of prayer, you know, but I don't think, I think this would be a far more shallow podcast if I hadn't, hadn't gone through all that. Right. So, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, about the challenges to prayer, because I'm thinking a hard time can be a really big challenge to prayer, right? Like I've known people who who said, well, I'm not going to pray because I've prayed for this for so long and it didn't happen. Or they prayed for someone who was sick and, you know, that person died. And they're like, well, what's the point of prayer? Right. Yeah. You heard in, in movies, you know, they use that line all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a real shallow understanding of who God is and what prayer is. That's but, interesting. That's an interesting thing to say. I hadn't uh-huh. thought about it that way, but it's like, yeah, because they... Because it's how do they view God, right? That would be the first, yeah, the first question. Because the people who are quick to say that are usually the ones with the least prayer life. They, you know, because if you are spending a lot of time talking to God, you know, listening, praying for guidance, um, you know, reading scripture, you know, Lexio Divina style, you know, and letting God speak to you through scripture, doing those sorts of things, you. You start to hear God's voice, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying an audible voice necessarily. Some people could do, but for most Kathy, of us, you do the podcast with Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> like that. yeah, not quite, but more, more just that knowing. Uh, there's just a peace and a knowing about it that yeah, this is this is right. Um, 
I don't know, somehow, and it, sometimes it just comes at you out of the blue too. That's, that's what we're looking for. And it develops over time. You know, you start, you start small, you know, prayer, prayer can be difficult when you're starting, you know, it's so easy to be distracted. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Oh, I start praying and then my mind starts wandering and then I'm off. And using tools to help you pray, patterns of prayer are all useful. But I think it's important to make sure that it isn't all patterned and rote so that your mind can wander. Because you could pray an entire rosary with your mind wandering all over the place. And and that may not be very fruitful. Yeah. But um Sometimes I'll pray the rosary and I'll pray. I, I have a prayer list like you do. And we, we probably will get to that in another podcast. But sometimes I have a lot of these prayers in my mind so firmly. I will pray the rosary and just one of those prayer list items is pray for every one of the prayers in the rosary. So one of those will come to mind, pray my prayer. One of those, you know. Mm-hmm. So it gives me a, you know, a format for both. I'm praying for specific people using the rosary. So it gives me a, you know, a pattern, keeps me on track when I've used up my 50 plus prayers, you know, yeah. then, then I'm done because I could go on, but that's, you know, I'm done for this session. So you you have to come up with ways to start. Sometimes it's setting yourself a goal of even, you know, I'm going to pray for two or three minutes. Sometimes it's starting with something uh, like the mass reading for the day and reading through it and then just talking to God about what you see in the reading. Just like I was thinking like, because what happens and sometimes in RCA, what I heard people say is like, well, you know, you, you if you say something like scripture or things like that, they say there's always, you know, I don't have enough time and I find it boring. You know, yeah. So what would you say to what would you say to to someone who says that? Because some people, you know, really, and they and they, you know, and they're being honest. They really do zone out during prayer. Yeah, you know? and and they're not familiar with scripture. They don't know how to use it, how to read it, how to find anything. I I do understand that, and I think the starting place for those people, people that are nowhere, is just, you know, come to God, hi God, and talk about your day. Here's what happened today. And as you're having that conversation with God, be thinking about what things went well, what things didn't go well. This mm-hmm. is actually the Ignatian exercises. But sneaky, you know, you're just, sneaking the spiritual exercises of Ignatio. Um, St. Ignatius. But it's such a, a wonderful way to have that conversation with God, just reviewing your day. What mm-hmm. well, well, what, you know, what are you happy about, God? What do you, you know, what do I think you're happy about? What, you know, but just very simple and don't try to make it too long just whatever seems natural you know and the time will gradually increase because you'll start to think of more things that you need to have a conversation with God about yeah and then spending the time to listen to just be quiet and ponder what you've been praying about what God thinks about it and you know possibly hear and I don't think people start really hearing from God right away. Usually that takes time to develop where you have that sense where you're really hearing from God. Yeah. Well, because there's so much noise, right? So you just hear the noise instead. Yeah. But it's being patient. And and I think that's where I find I find scripture helpful because I I find I can hear from God. That was one of the earliest ways I was able to really connect because I could I could feel God talking directly to me. I'd open the Bible, read something, it's like Oh wow, that just hit me. That was you know, exactly what I needed right now. He's talking yeah. to me. 
And that happened so many times. I came to really rely on scripture as a tool for prayer. Hmm. But um, I know everybody's not ready to do that. Yeah, it's it's all, it, there's so many, like you said, there's so many ways to get started. There's that, there's, well, St. Saint, Saint, uh, Jose Maria uh, Esquiva was Esquiva was saying that, you know, when someone asked him how to start prayer, he's like, begin. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, you know, and and I think it's, it's like, well, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that profound advice. But no, he, he also said, you know, pray in the streets, pray wherever you are. And I think, um, I think one of the, one of the things that I learned during my, my, when I was in, when I was at, uh, the RCIA director person, I think, you know, we had to share, they had, they were remodeling the church and, and we were all, everyone from all the ministry people were in one room. And, uh, I'm not going to say her name, but I'm sure you're going to know it was, um, starts with an E. No, okay. <laughs> and she, and I shared a, a, a room with her and we were always there at the same time. And I was, and at that time my prayers were quite, they're like one flavor. They just had that one flavor. They did. I hadn't like tried the other flavors you know, it was just like, you know, please Lord this. And just, I, you know, that was how I was praying at the time. Cause, and you know, I prayed for other people and stuff, but like, I, I, I had a lot to learn still. And I shared this room with her and she, it was just so funny because she was like the she was like a radio she was a very talkative person <laughs> but it was like great for me because she was a radio turned to the you know k god channel just do do and during the course of the day I, she would talk to herself and it was all prayer uh-huh. it was like it was so amazing to me and she she she'd type something up she's like oh i have to type this up for cuz i know it was she's keeping herself on track but it was also a prayer she's like i have to type this up for the parents Okay, thank you, Lord. Help that person. Oh, where's my pen? Lord, please help me find my pen. There's my pen. Thank you, Jesus, for the pen. I was like, what? It was just like constantly. Yeah. She's she's one of the holiest people I know. Just astounding. She just was so profound and so earnest. And and whenever she and she'd mess up sometimes. And she's like, when she'd mess something up, she's like, oh Lord, that's uh Sorry I did that, Lord. What a mistake. Ha, 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 ha. That's how you made me, Lord. But you know what? Help me to do better. I was like, that's such a, yeah. it was yeah. such, it was so beautiful because he was her, um, not only just her God, but her friend, right? It's yeah. Like, you know, the, companion. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, you know, John, you know, Jesus says uh, in the gospel of John, just, you know, I know I call you my friends. And she definitely had that relationship with him. And so I learned a lot from that. And I, I actually shared it like with my kids. I was like, you know, a way to incorporate prayer in your day, uh, a, little, a way to begin also, is just little things like that. Like whenever there's something good, if you sometimes I feel like this is where it good. It's good that I, I work from home, so I don't have to bother anyone. <laughs> um, if something good happens, just say it out loud. You train yourself to be thankful, yeah. and that, and then when something's hard, you you pray, and it trains your mind. You have to train that yeah. muscle, you know, yeah. to to constantly and by constantly in communication with him. And by the end of the day, you're like, wow, that whole day was prayer, you know? Yeah. And you walk out the door and there's a beautiful sunrise or sunset, you know? Oh, God, thank you for the beauty. Yeah. I mean, there's so many opportunities. Or, you know, the, the, there's some, when I know some, some people are, you know, their parents tell them this when they're children or whatever. But when you hear a siren go by, pray for whoever. Oh, it's absolutely. You know, it's one of those simple little ones, but what a good reminder. 
And you know what? There's always sirens in our city. Our city has so many. And we live near the fire department. Oh, my goodness. I can't. We pray for the yeah. fire department yeah. all the time. I think those kinds of prayer, you know, when you're trying to develop a real prayer life, that's that's kind of what we're aiming for. But I think people still often need more structure when they're starting just because they're, they're so at sea about it. And probably a lot of people have heard of that ACTS, the acronym Adoration, Contrition, Thanksgiving, Supplication, and, you know, using that as the form of prayer. And it's, and it's a good way to do it, you know, to go, you know, praising God, you know, go, you know, first, thank you, God, for who you are. You know, don't get, some people don't even know, you know, what do you, you know, how do we even do that? How do we adore God? You know, why do we, don't, why yeah. don't you go through it really quick? Because I, I had heard of it, but, you know, since you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, yeah, we should talk about that. So can you yeah. quickly explain what that yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah. Adoration, you know, just, you know, you come to God, you know, first of all, praising him for who he is. Thank you. know, thanking him. It's, you know, it's not asking. Don't start with the asking. You know, for, it's not for asking. It's not all about us. It's, you know, God, thank you for who you are. And, you know, thank you. Praise you for this wonderful day, the world you've given us. Thank you for being in a place where we have the freedom to pray, even if it's on our own or even in public, whatever it is, because right now we are valuing that. Uh, if we, if we get the freedom to pray in public again. Anyways, so starting with that, adoration, contrition. Oh, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. And take a moment or two to think about what you need to be sorry for. You know, quick examination. of need more than a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> can totally derail your prayer because the prayer, you know, the list is too long. Um, no, I'm, that's, anyways. That's C. Contrition, that's second okay, uh, Thanksgiving. It, um, Adoration, contrition, thanksgiving. So, you know, thanking God for what he's doing in your life, too. I, this isn't the same as the adoration, but, you know, very specific, you know. Thank you, God, uh, for, you know, helping me with whatever it is that I've needed help with. Thank you for being there when I needed you. Thank you for the gift of my family. Thank you for whatever. It, you know, it's great gratitude because as you're praying, you're going to be doing more. We have this tendency to concentrate on the fourth one, the supplication, where we're asking God for things. Mm -hmm. And we usually have a lot of things that we're asking God for. And I think we don't take as much time to thank God, to go back, you know, like the leper who was healed. We forget to go back and say, oh, thank you, God, for that. You really answered that prayer in a beautiful way. Right. We just need to go on with life. But taking time to be grateful um, is part of that thank the Thanksgiving yeah, I'm thinking if you if you spend more time asking God for things than praising Him, then that's a definite unbalance, right? Because it, well, it it is. It depends because uh, some of us do a lot of intercessory prayer, so I spend a lot of time praying for other people and their intentions. Oh, I think I was speaking. I was so, thinking more like just for myself. Yeah, yeah intercessory prayer. Yeah, well, I right. Agree. Okay, so yeah, there's a difference there. You know, if you're just praying for, oh, poor me, I need this, I need that. Yeah, you're really unbalanced. Right. Um, you know, praying for other people. Yeah, I think we can stretch that out a bit because that's kind of endless. And, it is so, endless. You start. Yeah. That's what, like that's what you know. Like you were saying with the rosary, what I'll do is um, each rosary is a person. Each rosary, each bead is a person. And then sometimes, you know, you just finish the rosary and you're like, but wait, I still have more people. And then I just keep praying, you know. Just yeah. Well, you know, I'm praying for um, the um, the issue of abortion. I, I will pray a rosary with every bead 
for something related to the issue of abortion. You're praying for fathers, you're praying for babies, you're praying for siblings, you're praying for the moms, you're praying for the grandparents, you're praying for the doctors, the nurses, you're praying for the, you know, all, all the way down the line. That that goes on and on, you know, mm-hmm. including specific people you know who are suffering from mm-hmm. it or struggling. Yeah. But you can take one issue like that and stretch it out through a whole rosary of putting those prayers on, you know, on your beads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, and I was just thinking also, you know, and then another challenge to prayer, because, you know, not only people not knowing where to start, I guess another challenge would be people feel like they don't have enough time. That's such a, I know, I know. And it's like when people tell me, oh, I don't have time to read. I'm like, oh, you can make time to read. <laughs> You know, you know, and I think it's better to set a realistic starting time, you know, you know, start with five minutes. If that's what you can do, start with five minutes, do something that you can be successful, that you can do it well. And then you'll gradually stretch it out. And, you know, like I said, I do a variety of things. I will do spiritual reading. I'll read from my Bible. I'll read from the Magnificat. Um, I will Sometimes, you know, spend the whole time in just prayer, you know, without anything else. Sometimes I will use something else to to be a partner in my prayer time. Sometimes I'll read a story of a saint and that will inspire me to pray in a certain way. It varies. You figure it out for yourself what it is that helps to keep you motivated. But you just have to start. Yes. And like you said, I, th- I think that's important, too, that, you know, just find what, what works for you. Because I know there's people who pray certain in a certain way. And I've, and obviously I don't, I'm not saying that, you know, praying this way or that way is better, but sometimes people get more out of a certain prayer than someone else does. And we have so many devotions and you just, there's so many and people always, uh, it's not like they're peddling their devotion, but they're like, Hey, I've got a devotion for you. Promoting, promoting, promoting. That's the word. (laughs) But no, but seriously, cause you know, like there's, there's so many. And then I have, you know, I have my, my favorite devotions and stuff. And, and then, you know, and every now and then I'll, you'll hear of a new, I'll hear of a new saint and find, read about the saint. And, and that's, I mean, with my, you know, for so long I've had my, my M&Ms, but you know, now I'm corporate, there's been other saints that I've learned about like Jose Maria Escriva. Somebody, I always say Escriva, but I think it's Escriva, whatever, you know, Jose Maria. He, uh, he just burst into my life uh, a couple of years ago and he has taken a nice seat at the, in the, in my heart, you know, where we, I learned so much from his books and, and at some point I realized, wait, he speaks Spanish. He spoke Spanish and he has all these YouTube talks he's given. I'm like, what? So I'm able to see all his, his prayer retreats and everything in Spanish. I'm like, it's a saint. So, but you know, he's brand new, but it's like that, that willingly to that willingness, I think in our prayer life to grow and to learn about new things, you know, just, you know, a new, a new way of prayer or, or try something else, else out. And, and sometimes I'll, I'll try out a new type of prayer and it's, I'm sort of uncomfortable with it. And, um, like, uh, well, I'm, I just, I don't want to say, it, but there's different kinds of prayer that you just, you're like, well, I, is that me? And then you try it and it's like, you have to discern, am I uncomfortable because I'm stretching and growing in prayer? Or am I uncomfortable because it just doesn't suit me? Do you know what I mean? Like, right. like some people don't like some people don't like praise and worship. They don't like praise and uh, praise and worship because it's yeah. like you know, oh no, like it has guitars and people are loud. <laughs> <laughs> Spontaneous prayer and it's like oh, they don't like it. And there's people who like you know the 
like more of the Gregorian chants and the quiet and, and you can like both, but maybe you, you know, and some people don't like both, but that's okay. Cause like, you know, you're just trying to learn new things and grow. I think it's such a danger to be stagnant in right. prayer. Yeah. And if you start worrying about doing prayer correctly, like there's just a particular way to do okay. it, you can just cripple yourself because if you're not finding your own form of prayer, you know, what suits you, and you're trying to, I don't know, somehow mimic other people, you know, people can give you ideas. And, you know, a lot of people make, you know, they're good examples, but you do, it has to be personal, has to be real. But I don't think yeah. we, we haven't talked about setting a time. I think that's another thing that's really oh. important when you're yeah. starting to pray is to have a regular time. Because otherwise, it just doesn't happen. You just get too busy. Oh, I'm too tired. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it whenever. And then it doesn't happen. Yeah. So you need to really come up with a regular time. Yeah. And most people I find do it in the morning. <laughs> For me, it works at night. I, I'm not quite sure, but it, that's that's happened over many years. But the evening is is my good prayer time. There's less distraction, quiet. Mm -hmm. I'm able to just get into prayer and not have the phone ringing, not have other things happening. It's so much better. Yeah. I was just thinking that what when I was trying to learn a new form of prayer, I set my my phone alarm mm. uh, for the for the divine mercy. Um, I know people who are like, oh, I give the Lord the best of my days the morning. And I, I was I told that to my husband. He's like, I barely know who I am in the morning. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I need a couple hours. Time. Yeah. Yeah. You figure it out. And the yeah. same with the place. Do you need to go into a, a room where you can close and lock the door? What do you need? Do you need to go outside? Where you know, what do what do you need? Yeah. Yeah. That can be hard for moms with young kids. I remember years of, you know, you couldn't hardly go into any room in the house without somebody, mommy, mommy, you know, every five seconds, it seemed like. So it can be very, very hard in some situations. I think, you know, when I started developing my prayer life more, just the, the concept of setting aside time, I guess to me, it was almost not intimidating, but it felt formal. And I thought, well, this is very formal. Why do I have to, you know, I don't know. I felt like it was an appointment, you know, and I just, and at first, it's so funny. At first I thought, oh, it's a very, it's, I don't know. It's too, yeah, too rule-ish. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I was reading um, my pal, Joey Maria. And <laughs> and he was saying, he was saying something about like how it's an appointment, like an, you have this appointment with the king. And I thought, oof, that's so much, a much better way to say it. And I've, right. and, um, and I was thinking how they say like, you know, the time, you know, if we would, we would be so excited if someone said, oh, you know, like Veronica, tomorrow you're going to meet, I don't know, insert someone here. I don't know. You know, I can't think of anybody, you know, you're going to insert this, this person here. And would I set aside stuff for this important meeting of this person that I really care for and admire? Absolutely. So why would I not do that with God, set aside that time? And once like they said that and view it more than that almost like a date or like a coffee talk, <laughs> then I thought, oh, yes, it's not, it's not that I'm setting the time because, you know, for bad reasons, it's for good things, like an excitement that you're having this appointment with the king. Right. Yeah. Something you look forward to. Mm -hmm. Let's see. So challenges to prayer. Do we cover that mostly? Just the challenges to prayer would be they say not you don't have enough time. You don't know where to start. It can be boring. Um, 
Interruptions. Mm. Interruptions. Interruptions are interruptions is a big one. And not just an exterior yeah. interruptions, but yeah. your own mind wandering. And what would you say to someone? Well, I guess you covered it. Like sometimes people say, well, I pray, but I don't even know if anyone's listening. Like I, I don't hear an answer right away. Yeah. It's perseverance. Yeah. You just, you'll, you'll, you'll start to hear, you'll start to feel it. Some, you know, something, but yeah, it can't be, ah, uh, not, it's not for us to make God, uh, make himself physically tangible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's presumptuous at this point, you know, but the more you develop the relationship, he does, he does do that to a certain extent. It's um, kind of amazing, but I know there are people who, who struggle feeling like they're just praying into the void. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you hear that from atheists. Well, I've tried that, you know, there's nobody there, nobody home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's how I felt probably when I was young part of the time. No, I, no, I had a sense. I have to say I did have a sense God was real, but I didn't, it wasn't personal. Uh, I think making that prayer personal is where the change takes place when you're really talking to God about the things that matter to you and taking time to listen. It just somehow opens up and becomes something more. Yeah. I, I, think, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it any other way. No, I think, I think what you're saying is, is so profound that it has to be personal. I, I had this friend, um, we both had a conversion about at the same time we ended up in, our, it was just funny how it all just happened. And I remember I asked him like, how did you, how did you end up being, how did you end up all fired up like that? And he was saying that he had, you know, he'd grown up in a, in a, you know, Catholic you know, a very, a very good Catholic family. And, and I'm not, I mean, obviously when I say like, it's funny cause we're both reverts in a sense, you know, born again Catholics, but you know, you do as you know, you're, you're taught the faith, but you do as an adult have to make that decision. You know, hopefully you make a very informed, uh, prayerful decision, uh, you know, about the faith, but, and in a sense, we make that decision to follow God every, every day actually. But, um, uh, but he, you know, he had learned all this stuff, but it hadn't been personal for him. And he said he was watching some televangelist on TV and that the televangelist just looked in the crowd and, you know, looked at the screen like intently and was like, you know what? God loves you. And that he heard it and he thought, eh, yeah. <laughs> I like, eh. I've heard that. And, and the guy was very insistent and he said, no, the, the televangelist was like, no, he, he loves you specifically. And that just blew my friend's mind because he was like, he's like, wait, me, like me specifically, he cares about me because he had, because it's so easy to go. Yeah. God loves everybody. And God is very vague. He's just, just very doting. Well, not even that doting. Sometimes people think, oh, he's a very, yeah, he's loving from far away. Like, like he's like Zeus, you know, mythology. He's in a He's far away on Mount Olympus, and every now and then he, you know, and they well, do kind of like the Kumbaya song, you know, like we all love and love everybody, but we don't really know. We don't know anybody. We don't. <laughs> no. Right, exactly, not, and not real. Yeah, and for him, when he started thinking about how God loved him, he was just like so struck by it. He just said it just completely floored him, and and you know, and when he told me, I thought like I thought it was fun, like not funny, like haha, but I thought well, that's interesting because so many people hear God loves you. But it was the specifically part that struck him. 
And I think that's something that's very difficult. I would say that was one of my challenges to prayer at some point was the God loves me. Like, and you know, and then, you know, you hear people say, oh, well, you know, if, if it were, if you were the only person God would have still, Jesus would still have died and, and, and um, resurrect just for you. And you're like, really? Do you believe that? You know, that's, I think that's a stumbling block for a lot of people Mm -hmm. that they don't really accept the idea that God can love them, that he died for them. Yeah. And usually I, I would say it's um because one of one of the things I do is um one of my passion projects is the Invisible Scar website for um for adult survivors of emotional child abuse. And on it I do mention prayer because that is my worldview is the Catholic worldview and that's how I you know how I see things. And I'll get a lot of emails from people who are very mad and they tell me, you know, I how can you even mention God? How can you mention God? You know, I was abused how can you even say that? You know, how can you say he's loving? And those are always very, I have like very long email responses to that. But I, I, I tell them like, I get you, I understand. And it, and it's hard for them to separate the free will of their parents who are abusive and the fact that God is loving. And, you know, and it's such a, it's such a, it's a hard, hard thing to separate sometimes, you know, and that's a challenge. That whole idea is like, yeah, maybe my parents loathe me because, you know, some some parents hate their kids. Like, yeah. uh, it's a sad fact, but it's well, true. Or they abandon their kids or whatever. Yeah, there's yeah. all kinds of awful things. Yeah, and then you go, then how can God, if my parents who gave birth to me don't care about me, why would God? And that's such a huge thing. And I think it's, no, but I, and I, and I talk to them about it. I'm like, you know, just, you know, um, pray for the desire to pray. God will always, God will always give you that. Like, pray to pray more, pray to pray more you know, and, and, um, but that, I find that to be, I think that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks that, um, people have. Cause I think the time thing, you can work around that. I mean, come on, right. <laughs> let's be honest. Well, you got and, time to Netflix binge. You got time for a prayer. Yeah. And you know, I know, you know, back on the, you know, being, having trouble praying to God, I think this is what some people find it easier to go to the blessed mother to pray for her intercession that there, you know, if, if you had an abusive dad, maybe it's easier to rely on mom and there's no one like Mary to, that can intercede for us, be there for us. So for some people that might be a starting place. Right. That's a good point. And if you are one of the, the ones that had them both be abusive, (laughs) you can, you can maybe, um, maybe there's, you know, if there's someone in your life that you, you know, you can see that there are people of prayer, just ask them to like, how, how can you pray? How, how can you help me to pray? Like, how do you, how do you start? Word, what, what do I do? And of course the saints, you know, there's, I love saints. I, there's just, we're so, we, <laughs> how presumptuous am I <laughs> someday maybe, but, uh, you know, the prayer, the saints, um, they have, there's such a variety and there's so many of them that, you know, turned their face away from the Lord. And then when they came back, so maybe you don't feel comfortable praying to God, but you can see the good, the good in them. It was funny. Just last night we were having this conversation and uh, my middle son, uh, he asked, he's like, he's, he's a philosopher. <laughs> and he was, he was like, you know, I wonder, you know, some people don't believe in God and 
But then he's like, all you have to do is you look around and you think of all the things that God made. And also think about the saints. Look at their lives. If you see their lives, you're like, that's not for nothing. Right. Grammatical, grammatical, <laughs> grammatical errors aside. <laughs> exactly. um, you know, it was just one of those things that were like, well, yeah, you know, that's, you see, maybe you can't, you can't see God directly, but when you see his handiwork, right? Right. You know? Well, speaking of prayer, we should probably wrap up with a prayer. Why don't you close this out? You want to close this out? Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father God, thank you for being our loving Father. Thank you for taking care of us, for leading Veronica and I both into a deeper relationship with you. And we pray for all those listening that they too can grow deeper in their relationship with you, their knowledge of you, the sense of companionship and security that you provide us. Thank you that we can even come to you with prayers, that you just are that kind of a good God, like a parent, just so loving to us. Praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any prayer or faith-related questions or prayer requests, please email us at therootandthefountain, all together, one word, therootandthefountain at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe. God bless you.